0: A download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 40 is here. That means we are closing in on 100 episodes of the podcast, so I just want to say thank you for listening and joining each week for almost two years straight now. This week's guest is Pleasant Plains Athletic Director Brent Grisham, but before we get to that great conversation, let's talk about the past week. Last Thursday, I caught some soccer as Rochester beat Williamsville at home. On Friday, I was in Chatham for baseball, a rematch of last year's sectional championship, Triad vs. Glenwood. The Knights scored two runs early, but the game was called before it was an official game, with the rain picking up pretty hard. On Saturday, I headed to Verdon for some soccer. the kickoff Classic Championship between Lincoln and Pleasant Plains, and it's the Cardinals coming away with the big win. They have a ton of young talent and some experience mixed in. They're going to be the team to beat in the Sagamore Conference. On Monday, I was in Jacksonville for some 1A baseball. The Route Rockets hosting the New Berlin Pretzels. And let me tell you what, Route is the real deal. They are stacked. On Tuesday, we are into the Central State 8 baseball season in full swing. And Glenwood hosted Jacksonville. Parker Detmers draws about 10 to 12 scouts every time he pitches. And he was consistently hitting 91 With 93 as his high on the fastball and some nasty breaking pitches in the third and fourth inning. Jacksonville rallies to tie it and take the lead after Detmers exited the game. But then sophomore Cameron Appenzeller walks it off on a 3-2 count with two outs and two on. The single scores both and Glenwood wins a wild game on Wednesday night. I saw Game 2 of the City Series between Sacred Heart Griffin and Springfield High at Robin Roberts Stadium. The Senators won the first game on Tuesday with Seth Impson on the mound on Wednesday. It was a marathon of a game that can't quite be described in a couple sentences. Go check out the highlights from the three and a half hour game. I'm just now getting the feeling back in my toes. SHG gets the big win over Springfield High to even the City Series in a nine inning affair that saw 17 runs, 13 hits, at least 12 airs and at least 15 walks. Not a pretty game by any means, but the Cyclones find a way. Let's talk about what's coming up on Channel 1450. On Thursday, it's Leanna's birthday, so she's headed to St. Louis to see the Cardinals play. I will be back in Chatham for normal U-High Pioneers against the Glenwood Titans also Thursday. Make sure to keep an eye on SHG at Rochester Baseball. On Friday, what's on the schedule? Williamsville at Pleasant Plains Soccer is the big one scheduled. Saturday... The Porta Softball Slam out at UIS. Plenty of local teams and great talent in that event. So if you're looking for some good softball, go check out the slam on Saturday at UIS. I will attach the schedule in the podcast article. One of the best Juco baseball teams in the nation also comes to town on Saturday to take on Lincoln Land. The Heartland Hawks with Springfield High graduate Ben Hartle and Sacred Heart Griffin graduate Sam Antonacci take on the Loggers. First game scheduled for 1 p.m. on Saturday at Claude Krasick Field. If you're looking for good baseball, go check that out on Saturday. And if you don't want to watch JUCO, how about two of the best teams at the Division II level? UIS is hosting Quincy on Saturday, so check out that option if you're curious. UIS is a really, really good team. Quincy's always stacked. Uh, They always meet in the postseason, so that's going to be a great series. A lot of really good baseball in a mile or so radius over at the college campuses. Also Saturday, Peoria, Notre Dame at Glenwood Soccer, Springfield High, Track Open invite, that's a loaded Saturday. Next week, what's on the slate? On Monday, SHG at Glenwood Tennis, Tri-City at Auburn Softball and Baseball, Olympia at Pleasant Plains Soccer. On Tuesday next week, SHG at Glenwood Soccer, Plains at Olympia Softball and Baseball, SHG at Jacksonville Baseball, Rochester at U High Soccer. That's all Tuesday. On Wednesday next week, Jacksonville at SHG Baseball, Pleasant Plains at St. Joe Ogden, Baseball. Actually, that game is at Milliken. Plains versus SJO. And speaking of Pleasant Plains, that leads us to this week's guest, the Cardinals Athletic Director Brent Grisham. I'd like to welcome in Brent Grisham to the podcast this week to talk about all things Athletic Director, all things Plains, and all things Plains updates. Because there's a lot of construction going on, and I think uh, you guys are probably used to that at this point because of all the updates that you've been doing lately.
1: Yeah, it's it's been pretty exciting the past couple of years. Obviously, we just finished up the gym and has you know we've been in that for a few years and then um quickly realized that you know the sports complex hadn't been touched for a very long time and uh, kind of fast-tracked that surprisingly i didn't think we would get started as quickly as we did um but the company that's doing it you know they were available yeah and uh, so we got things going and they're actually way ahead of schedule right now so we're really excited and i think we'll be able to get things done and um, hopefully our middle school baseball and softball teams will be out here in the fall and it'll certainly be ready for football too as well i want to go back to the beginning of
0: this when you know you get this position and you see um like you said the facilities what they are and now, in the last, like you said, three years, it's grown so much. I mean, since really COVID, how does that process come about? And wh- how much, how involved are you as an athletic director in that?
1: So the gym was already pretty much set in stone as far as everything that had to do with that. You know, I walked in the door and they're like, hey, we're building a new gym. Um, so the input with that, there, there were a few things um, related to... Uh, maybe scoreboard and the scores table and some of those little things that hadn't quite been decided that I had some input but The the project itself was already set in stone. Yeah um, As far as what's going on out there right now, you know a lot of it um, was coaches input, you know I'm, I'm kind of like, you know um, You know within reason we want our coaches to have a say in what they want. So if a coach said, you know, I prefer this over this, I'm like, if that's what you want, it's your field, you're going to be using it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm okay with it. So we um, did a lot of talking with the coaches and what they want, especially, you know, like with a track, you know, there's, there's some different ways that... You know, you can build a track and some different layouts that you can do. And uh, I am by no means a track expert, but... Um, but
0: you have a few out there. I yes. That's safe to say. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so, uh, yeah, Coach Havens and, and Coach DeBar um, are are two of the best in my mind. And maybe I'm partial to our coaches, but two of the best um, in Central Illinois, if not the state. They do a fantastic job. So certainly excited for them to have something... Um, that's probably been long overdue, and, and, and that's not a shot at the school uh, because every school has budget constraints yeah. and has a timeline, and we're finally to the point that we can address that and uh, you know provide something really nice um, for a ton of athletes out there.
0: What is the complete list of the construction or what's going on and what will be updated? Um, obviously, the, the main focal point is turf on the football field but there's some like you said so much to the facilities out there that that's going to be an upgrade
1: sure so uh the football field will be turfed and then there'll be an installation of a new eight-lane track our previous track was only six lanes Mm -hmm. so um you know we've increased that to eight lanes and that'll be brand new um the field events um in and around track and, and you know some of the things like that the shot and discus area will be revamped um And then softball will be turf, infield, and outfield. And then baseball, the infield, will be turfed. Um, The bullpens for both softball and baseball will also have turf installed as well. And then there will be a new warning track for baseball as well. Okay. If you've been out to the field, as it stands now, it's basically gravel, um, which, you know, probably when it was built, it was probably a money thing. Yeah. And I've always said, you know, uh, dirt, baseball, grass, anything that has to do with that, and, and gravel, do not mix. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll, it'll now be kind of the red crushed brick. It'll, so aesthetically, it'll look nice. Um, it'll play nice, and it'll be a, a nice addition along with the turf. As an athletic
0: director in central Illinois, um, to hear the words turf, especially this time of year. How, how excited are you for that? Just knowing, I mean, every single day you wake up, check the forecast probably seven times.
1: I'm beyond excited. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I love spring sports. I love getting outside when the weather starts to change and, and gets nice, even if that's not till mid-May. Yeah. Um, but the ability to um, not have to get up daily and worry about if it's going to rain, when it's going to rain, Um, you know it gives you a lot of flexibility and the one thing that we have out here that a lot of schools don't have is we have lights on both our softball and baseball field Uh so you know even if we've got an early spring game and uh, it's supposed to be a 430 start team arrives and it decides it's gonna rain for a half an hour you know you know depending on if that team wants to hang around as we look at the forecast we can hang around a little bit let the rain pass play because we're not going to get rained out turn the lights on and we're good to go so you know the flexibility that we're going to have out here um, with turf and with lights in the spring for softball and baseball and even soccer you know we've had to cancel soccer games because of um, you know even though we have a really nice grass soccer field um, sometimes it just gets flooded so you know soccer as well moving you know over and now we have football slash soccer field. Um, so that's going to be really nice. It's going to eliminate on that. Because, yeah, sometimes you just sit and you look at the radar and you're like, this is madness because you're guessing.
0: Yeah. Is, is springtime the hardest to be an athletic director?
1: Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, during the, you know, your indoor sports, you know, you pretty well know your schedule is going to be set outside of, you know some snow and stuff like that but we don't it doesn't seem like we really get that (laughs) like we used to in central Illinois so you know very rarely do we uh, cancel for those things but you know in the spring you you could have one one bad week and if you've got several conference games or you've got an opponent that you really want to play from a competitive standpoint you know it's a good matchup for your team in that particular year You're trying to make those games up, but you're trying to shove them into spots that don't exist sometimes. Uh, So you get crazy. Like I recall last year, our varsity baseball team drove to Lincoln, played Lincoln at 430, and then on the way back stopped at uh, Lanphier and played Springfield High for a late game, Yeah. you know, just to get games in. So Uh you start uh, doing some crazy things. But I think above all, the nice thing in – I think of this as an AD. Other people don't, except for parents themselves, is it gives parents an idea of when they're coming and going. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they can set their schedules a little bit because they know, hey, we've got turf out there. If we've got a home game, we're probably going to play. Right. Instead of constant cancel and picking up their kids or knowing where to go and stuff like that. So it's going to be really nice for our parents Um you know for them as far as scheduling especially another thing you think of as an ad a lot of people don't think of you know we have parents that have three or four kids going three or four different directions and when you start changing those things um it's it's tough on them and we don't we don't want parents to get frustrated from the standpoint that they're not having their kids in activities right so i think when you do add new facilities like turf It helps out in a lot of ways, a lot further reaching than what most people think it does. You know, a common person would not think about, well, the parents and having several kids. But my seat, you do because you do kind of sometimes hear about those frustrations of people coming Mm -hmm. and going and schedules changing.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, People ask me a lot about, you know, why, why Channel 1450 is successful and why we're able to, you know, get to so many things, do so many things. And I always say it's because of the relationships that we have with the ADs, the coaches, the, the people communicating to us. And that's especially important in the spring when I'll be texting a coach and say, hey, where, what field are you playing at? What time are you playing? You know, just having that relationship and then, you know, having the heads up of, oh, it's 2 o'clock. Let me text Derek and say, hey, we're, at, we're still on or whatever, just in case you're coming. Um, so for you as an AD... How much does it help you to have relationships not only with your coaches, but also people don't think about like officials or think about, like, you know, gatekeepers, stuff like that, where in the spring you probably have to make ten calls on one game in a matter of a half an hour.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true. I'm still, I you know, I've been in education 25 years and in AD for a dozen years or so, and I still worry I'm going to forget somebody. Right. And I probably, I'm pretty good about getting a hold of the people that I want to make sure don't show up when we don't have something, but there's probably times there's some people I wish I would have texted or or called or something that right. I still lose track of um, just because, yeah, when you start thinking about um, the people that work the concession stand, and you're right, and uh, you know your umpires and your officials or anyone else that may have said to you at some point, hey, a radio station, hey, I'm coming out. I'm doing this game or yeah. I plan on being here or even if you get some sort of uh you know a college or a coach or somebody yeah. like that that says hey I'm coming out hey I plan on being here right. you know you got to kind of make a mental note of those things and make sure that if you do change or if you do move the game that you're you know contacting all of those people and you know really um with your officials I, I try really hard to make sure that I give them ample time uh, you know they have lives outside of officiating some people don't uh, uh, believe that um, you know they think that they should they're be, real people
0: <laughs> they should come
1: at the drop of a hat and I said you know this is a hobby that does pay a little extra money um, but it's certainly not a career so you know depending on you know most of my officials I've I've known a lot of them for a long time, so I kind of know where they come from, yeah. you know, what town they're coming from, right. kind of maybe where they work, and so I try to keep that in mind, um, you know. But I always tell them, I say, if I don't get a hold of you and you've started to drive out here, I will send you a check. Yeah. So, I mean, if, they, if they're if they five minutes out of Springfield and they're coming out here and I call them and say, hey, we're canceled, I, you know, if they're on the road, right. I'm going to send them a check because... You know, I think it's kind well, they, of the they right might have thing had to, to take did. their
0: kid to the babysitter or whatever, you know. I mean yeah. like the the timeline of things people don't understand. Like it's not just 4.30 is the game and that's it. Like there's a lot that goes into it that you probably have like a do you have like a checklist throughout the day of like a timeline of, okay, this is what I need to make sure that we're still on?
1: Yeah, you know, I it, you know, a lot of it depends on the school that we're playing, how mm-hmm. far they're coming from and what their bus time is. Yeah. Um you know. Some schools like to leave really early to come to events and get here really early. You have some coaches from other schools, you can just tell by their bus time, they don't mind showing up closer to game time. They get a little warm-up in, they're ready to roll. You know, every coach is different. So, you know, I kind of judge it by that. And I also think, you know, if a if a school is leaving at 3 o'clock to come here, I don't want to tell them 10 minutes ahead of time because their kids are getting out of class, they're getting their bus set to go they're getting their bus driver um you know every school's routine's a little different so I, I i try to try to give a little grace period so they know so that they can plan after school hey the coach says okay no game we're going to have practice or no game just go ahead and get on the bus and go home you know so there's a lot of little things that you think about um you know, with that as well. So yeah. There I mean there is a checklist. I've done it long enough, I'll be honest with you. It's kind of yeah. It's it's up here. Um because it's routine, you know. Um, so you just you kinda know as the day goes on, well, if if I've got to cancel I gotta do this, this and this. And I may jot it down, um, just as a reminder to myself or um I email myself. I ask people if they do that. I'm not the only one, so I don't feel quite so dumb. (laughs) I'm at home at night, and I email myself, so I get up and see from me, from me, from me. But, you know, that's kind of one of the... Every AD has a little crazy thing, I think, (laughs) that they do to make sure they got all their ducks in a row. But Yeah. So, yeah, there is a timeline, um, you know, that I kind of proceed through each and every day until we get to the point that you know we're going to proceed with a game or 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 cancel a game and so
0: when you ask uh you know they do the thing with the kindergartners where they say what do you want to be when you grow up I don't think many of them ever write down athletic director when when did it come to you that you wanted to do this and and what was the appeal for you
1: you know I obviously I uh, I played sports in high school so I really enjoyed it and then um you know, initially when when I went to college, I went to Western. But initially, when I when I headed to Western, I was thinking law enforcement to begin with, and um, and then I kind of shied away from that. No real reason as to why I did. And then I had the opportunity uh, my freshman year at Western to uh, be an assistant coach uh, for basketball and baseball um, in the town I grew up in, and so uh, that kind of just started things off for me. I'm like, well, I really enjoy coaching. So I went into education. I was a PE teacher for several years. And then I didn't, you know, I coached for, for a long time. And, um, you know, I always kind of had aspirations. Um, um, people tell me I'm crazy because of the schedule that I have. They're like, you went from having to be at your games and your practices to being at everybody's games <laughs> all year long. But, you know, I, uh, you know, I love sports, and I love seeing kids participate, and uh, I like seeing, uh, you know, there's no better moment than um, seeing a kid that's kind of the underdog in everybody's eyes. You know, they get that big hit, or they make that big shot, or they just get in the game, and they're excited. So, you know, I kind of got into it because I, I love watching the kids compete um, and do those things and, you know, see their successes. But, you know, also, um, you know, talk to them in their, you know, failures and yeah. stuff. You know, one one thing that um, recently comes to mind is, you know, we had a tough game. Our girls' basketball team had a tough game over at Porta. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it ended on... And listen, I'm not throwing the officials under the bus in any way, shape, or form. It ended on a call that some people thought, "Yes, it's a foul," and some people thought, um, "You know, no, that shouldn't have been called." And I'm not, I'm not here to argue that. Um, what I'm looking at is sometimes kids in those situations put the blame on themselves, and those are the type of situations where, you know, uh, you know. Megan Derrick was the one involved in the foul and I just told her I said do not in any way shape or form blame yourself for being a basketball player. You did what you needed to do in the moment like most kids would do. And I'm not saying she was blaming herself, but you know, I kind of um in those moments like to grasp onto those situations cuz you know, kids can be really hard on themselves and they can really take things to heart. So yeah. I try to help them put some things in perspective and that's one thing it's not always fun as an ad because you've got to talk to them about in their moments when it's you know they're down in the dumps you know you have expectations to go so far in the postseason and you know it didn't work out for girls basketball this year lost to a great team had an unbelievably tough regional mm-hmm. um, but you know that that's just one example of times where you know i've just looked at kids and i said listen love you proud of you you did what you needed to do um, and I was telling the game is never defined by one play yeah I, you just cannot look at the last play of a game and think that that's a make it or break it because there's just too many things that go on during the course of a game that you know players make mistakes coaches make mistakes officials make mistakes all during the game and uh, you know one one play at the end. So that was just an example where I told Megan, I said, hey, proud of you. And I enjoy those moments. I enjoy talking with them, even when they're, you know, in the dumps. Just let them know, hey, we love you, and we love everything you've done for our program. So, you know, sometimes you don't think as an AD that those are the things that you like being involved in. Most people are like, when you win a championship, that's when you want to be an AD. But... I like working with the kids when they're kind of at their, you know, they're down in the dumps. They had a tough game or they're not playing well and um, you know you can kind of see it in their eyes or you can kind of see it in their body language, you know, in the hallway, you know, sometimes they make comment, man, I can't shoot, man, I can't do this, you know, those are the times I like to kind of embrace them a little bit because, um, you know, at the end of the day it is a game and we're supposed to be having fun. And uh, sometimes when the kids get caught up in their performance and stuff, it no longer becomes fun. So I just try to help them through that.
0: Yeah, I think, too, and that speaks to the experience of what high school sports is and and can teach. And you as an AD have to be able to see, you know, I I think it's true that, you know, kids who are involved in activities like athletics are going to be better adults because they have to deal with those hardships that in life is going to happen to you, whether you like it or not. You're going to go through stuff that isn't fair, stuff that doesn't go your way. So, I mean, to, like you said, to be an AD and see that type of thing where you see kids grow and learn has to be so rewarding.
1: It is. I mean, it's, um, you know, when you watch, you know, I've been here for four years. So I've been able to see um, this freshman class all the way through. So I've been able to see them participate each year and grow. Um, you know, I've been around some in my short amount of time here, I've been around some really good athletes but you know, I've, you know, I walked in and saw some athletes that were already polished I didn't get to see what they started at and get to see them put in the time and the effort to get to where they're at so certainly a rewarding thing is seeing that kid um, you know, at a young age that um, finally gets to the point that it kind of clicks and that athlete turns the corner and then they really start to excel and they start to gain confidence and they start to figure out what their role is on the team Um, yeah that's really rewarding so you know this year's senior class I tell you what I've loved every class you know since I've been here Um, we we have great kids here and I tell people that all the time uh, when they say well how do you like it at Plains I said, we just have great kids I love our kids I just uh, you know uh, they're easy to root for but I said, uh, you know, this senior class, this is the first one I've seen all four years and, uh, I'm going to miss them because a lot of them I've seen them grown over the years, you know, and I kind of hate for it to end. I'm kind of being selfish. (laughs) You know, I want some of them to kind of hang around and, um, because I enjoy watching them, but more so because I just enjoy them as people, you know, they're fun to be around. Um, day in and day out, you know, the way that they interact and the respect that they show me and the respect they show their teachers and coaches and stuff. So, you know, but, yeah, that growing process when a kid turns a corner and you're just like, wow, I didn't see that coming, but it's awesome. You talk about the quality of kids, and I think that, you know, speaks to the
0: district as a whole. It starts from the top down from athletic director to, I mean, the coaches that you guys have here are second to none in my opinion and it's hard to argue when you guys win a lot of things in every sport so um just the the aspect of yeah you guys being successful on the fields and on the courts but um for you to deal with these coaches and see how they mold these young athletes into young men and women has to be another part of your job that's that's super rewarding because you see that growth and you see how these coaches interact with those
1: those kids yeah we're we're blessed to have some really good coaches in this district which i knew that when i took the job um you know i've been in central illinois since the you know the late 90s so um you know over that course of time you know i've got to see pleasant plains be successful in a lot of different uh, things and you know and i've seen the coaches and um so, you know, I knew coming into it that I was going to be working with um, a lot of very good coaches. And, you know, really, you never know when you step into a new position what it's going to be like. You know, you never know what the dynamic's going to be like. You know? you know, one thing ADs talk about, you know, when I collaborate with other ADs is, you know, Honestly, difficult coaches. They talk about coaches that are difficult to work with. And I don't, I do not feel like I have any coach in this district that's difficult to work with. Um, And to be honest with you, if I did, I would tell you. I wouldn't tell you who it was, but I would say, (laughs) yeah, "Yeah, I got a few coaches that kind (laughs) of give me a headache. I'm not going to say who, but um, the coaches are are very good about um, relaying information. About staying connected with me, you know, about working with me, they don't—they don't just go off and, and just do things on their own. You know, they're always talking to me about schedules and about you know little things here and little things there. They're very, very respectful, very easy to work with, and even if there was a little bit of uh, a grind with some of them. I would be okay with that because coaches have strong personalities.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, sometimes you live with those strong personalities because it's what they do to be successful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, have I ever butted heads with a coach as my time as an AD? Absolutely. I, I mean, that's impossible to avoid, you know. Um, but there's ways to butt heads and be respectful and stuff like that but i wouldn't want our coaches to change um you know the way they operate the way they do things um, because we have very very good coaches but i am blessed um after talking to other ad's and i not even necessarily around here i've got friends that are ad's in other parts of the state you know they they come up with some horror stories on coaches on on some of the things that their coaches are doing and and it's um how difficult it is to deal with them so I am certainly blessed with uh, great coaches here um, and I just really like how they interact with the kids you know wh- which is a big thing to me I like um, the time that they put in with the kids but I also feel like uh, they do have respect for the kids that are involved in numerous activities and they do have um, respect for family time um, I do feel like our coaches push our kids but also I think they feel like you know when they need some time off they give them some time off and um, you know even in the summer I some coaches go crazy in the summer with stuff and I don't feel like our coaches do I feel like they put in the time feel like they do what they need to do but I think they also recognize the kids need a break especially your three sport athletes yeah So, yeah, very blessed with the coaching staff we have here. Very blessed uh, not just being able to get along with them, but they're really, really, really good coaches, really good coaches.
0: And you obviously have a deeper understanding and look at that as the AD, but taking off the AD hat and as a dad, um, how happy are you with the decision to have your kids grow up in this district and, and be involved with these coaches here?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, we were at Mount Pulaski uh, for several years. And, um, but I don't
0: want to take anything away from them, because I know that's a great district, sure, too. Sure, so sure. I didn't mean to put it I that mean, way. <laughs> no, no, I know
1: what you're saying. And, you know, we really enjoyed we really enjoyed our time uh, at, at Mount Pulaski. You know, and I had some a- aspirations career-wise, but also when you make those decisions, you also think about how it impacts your children. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I'm not going to lie, you know, um, the success, you know, my son plays uh, baseball and basketball, and, you know, when when you can come over here um, and, and you can have the opportunity for your son to play for Coach Weber and Coach Greer, um, you know, that's a pretty good deal, you know. So, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take that job because my kid can play for these coaches because uh, I was very happy with um, Coach Stibert and and Coach Washko. I think they do a great job over there, and and I would have no problem with them if I was there coaching coaching Grady. Um, But, you know, when you look at it as a career move and you also can look at it for what it can offer your children – and even my daughter's in sixth grade. She's going to play volleyball, and you know, still don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe she'll be good enough to play, and maybe she won't. We did, you know, that's yet to be determined. But uh, the idea that she can go through this volleyball program, <laughs> you know, even though We're the best uh, in the state, <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, Mount plaski had a really good volleyball program, you know, uh, Coach Julie over there. But you know, I know she left. And, uh, you know, um, I haven't really followed, I would say, as much the new coaches and and how that's transpired. Uh, But, you know, it's a pretty good setup, personally, as a dad, uh, for my children. Um, So, But I think the one thing that I've been impressed with uh, over here as a dad is how quickly um, the parents and the kids accepted our children. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you when my son was going into sixth grade and I said hey I applied for this job yeah hey um, you know we may be moving hey I got offered the job hey I'm taking the job he said well you guys can go I'm not going yep and uh, I was like oh so I talked to my wife I'm like what do you think and everything and uh, you know he uh, the good thing is we moved over here and he was able to start baseball before school yeah and, you know, I think it was about four or five months later, he said, Dad, I really like it here. And I was like, Shh. Now, my daughter's got my personality, and she's a different animal. And we told her, um, how about if we get you a cat? And she goes, oh, yeah, if you get me a cat, I'll move. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she was a little bit different. Of course, she was really young at that yeah. time. But, um Yeah, uh, I couldn't be more happy for my kids to be in the school district. Just not just the coaches, not just the um, uh, the kids that you know uh, their peers and and but it's the teachers as well and uh, you know our building principals and it's just a just a fantastic environment uh, for our kids to be a part of. You know, I if I wasn't an AD if I moved to the west side of Springfield because I work for the state of Illinois or, uh, work for Springfield clinic or whatever my job, I would just be ecstatic to have my kids in this school district because, um, I've just been thoroughly impressed on from the top down, just the day to day operations. And I love coming to work here. I love working, uh, with our administrators. Uh, I love working with our superintendent, uh, they're all easy to work with, and and um, I feel like we collaborate well. We work well together, and um, I love that it's a laid-back atmosphere. You know, I get to do my job. I don't have somebody hovering over me, yeah. you know, day-to-day saying, are you doing this, or you don't do this, you know. Um, but, you know, I kind of give that back in before I do a lot of things. You know, I talk to, you know, Heather... And I talk to Mr. Brooks, our superintendent. You know, I just kind of say, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or, you know, keep that line of communication. Yeah. So there's a lot of trust there. But, yeah, uh, love this uh, the short amount of time. Just love the school district, love the people. Um, you know, ADs could probably lay out a lot of horror stories in certain schools. And I'll be honest with you, you know, it's you can go back to, well, parents and fans ruin sports well we know that every school district has uh, individuals that kind of get on your nerves a little more than others and that's fine that's part of the job I'll tell you I've been blessed here with um, you know when people have an issue they're uh, they're respectful they deal with it the right way uh, they go through the right chain of command uh, you know they're they're not off their rocker per se you know, when they approach me. Um, But with that said, I really haven't had too many of those occurrences compared to when I talk to some of my peers in the AD world where they have stories almost weekly and I'm like, I I can't wrap my mind around (laughs) that because um, I just don't have that here. So just, yeah, blessed to be here in so many ways.
0: As we look at... You know, the direct area around Springfield and Sagamo Conference as a whole, um, you see what Williamsville's done with their facilities, Riverton, um, Athens, all these. And then you guys, to to do these upgrades and see what it does for the community, for the teams, um, for the programs. um, I mean, we just saw it in the winter when you you get to host a sectional for boys and girls Mm -hmm. um, basketball, And then, like you said, to have an eight-lane track instead of a six-lane, now you guys can host sectionals and stuff like that, which is huge for, I mean, your programs. But how important is that for communities as a whole? I don't think people quite understand what all goes into that and how many people come to your town and and are here all week because of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Plus Plains is a small town, and if they didn't have the school... It would be a ghost town. Yeah, and a lot of you can say that a lot of small schools. So, um, the more people you draw out here, the more it keeps these businesses afloat, and it and it keeps this town going. And that's true of every small town. You know, I'm I'm from a small town that that went through a consolidation, and the high school is no longer in that town. The junior high is, mm-hmm. so you don't have near as many sporting events or near as many people yeah. going to that community. Uh, you know, if you took this high school and you moved it elsewhere, you know, it'd probably be a ghost town here, which would be unfortunate. Um, but yes, when you have facility upgrades and you're able to host things and you're able to highlight your school and your community, um, it helps in so many different ways. I mean, it attracts people. Um, I don't think we we have an issue of attracting people to our school district. <laughs> Um, and I think that could be said for a lot of the Sangamo schools. I think the schools in our conference, a um, uh, lot of fantastic schools with a lot of fantastic communities and a lot of fantastic leadership in those schools. Yeah. Uh, I love our conference. I love the makeup of our conference. Um, you know, and I think we're blessed with a lot of good coaches in our conference, a lot of good ads in our conference. Um, I, you know, obviously I can't speak to the overall administration of other schools outside of the ones that I've known for a long time. Uh, maybe that were coaches like a Doug Furlow that, um, you know, way back when I was an assistant baseball coach at Mount Pulaski, you know, you know, he was coaching. So, you know, I know some of those, and Dave Bates, you know, who, you know, AD. Uh, you know coach football forever and was really successful so some of those people that i know a little more than others and and whatnot but certainly blessed um, as a conference and to see these schools going through this upgrade you know williamsville with what they're doing that's a phenomenal facility over there you know they've done a great job with that you know um North Mac, which was an old conference opponent, you know, they've made some upgrades, and and I think they're continuing to uh, build off of that. I know they're looking at possibly a new gym over there. Um, So, I'm just glad that the the resources are now there for some of these small schools, you know. You know, these counties that have the 1%, um, it saved a lot of schools. I mean, the former school I was at, mount Pulaski, you know they've you know they built a new secondary gym and so um i'm just happy to see a lot of these small schools and a lot of these schools that maybe needed all these upgrades are now doing it because the more that we can do that in central illinois the better that we look the more stability that we have we shouldn't want to see any school um go by the wayside, or we shouldn't want to see any school not have the very very best facilities because it, you know, know, I'm happy for Williamsville and what they got, and I know New Berlin has done some talking about facility upgrades, and I hope that comes through for them as well. Um, You know, it just makes the conference stronger, it makes Central Illinois stronger, it draws people um, to Central Illinois, hopefully, you know, as they're looking um, to relocate because I think it's a a good place to live, except for the spring weather, but (laughs) (laughs) we can't control that. But, yeah, it's amazing. You know, 20 years ago, if you talked about doing some of the things these schools are doing, there would have never been money there. No. There's just no way. And now, you know, you're seeing a lot of schools do these things. You know, even in 186, you know, you're seeing some things start to pop up, which is good because... I've been around long enough. I feel like 186. It's it, it's been time for them to start to to get after their facilities. They've got some phenomenal athletic teams at those schools, uh, and uh, you know they need to highlight those athletes and let them play in top-notch uh, facilities. So um, it's nice to see that going on in the Greater Springfield area, for sure.
0: Awesome. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Let's uh, hope we get some games in.
1: Yes. Amen.
0: (laughs) Thanks to Brent for his time and great conversation. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you all for listening. I will see you next week.